Hey guys and welcome back to another episode of Let's Talk Liverpool. This time around it was Brighton and Hove Albion versus Liverpool at the Amex Stadium down in down in the south of the UK. Um, a very, very tough game. Brighton are a decent team, you know, even though they're down at the bottom of the table, they sit up strong defensively. They were missing Tariq Lamptey, who's arguably been their, their kind of most exciting and, um, and dangerous player all season. Um, so that was a bit of a a blow from them but also from a Liverpool perspective uh, because of the fixture sh- fixture schedule we've had uh, and then we continue to have there were lots of changes in the team again um, and this has become kind of very normal uh, because of one as I said the amount of games we play but also because of the injuries we have and they seem to honestly just be mounting every single game um, this season seems to be felt feeling like at the moment at least one of these seasons where just nothing works you know everything doesn't seem to work um all the things that you kind of hope and wish don't happen end up happening you know you picked up some more injuries in this game don't know how severe they are but you know just just constantly a mixture of things that are seem to be going against us be a var decisions and i don't want to sound like you know entitled and and you know everything's going against us and it's all doom and gloom because it's not we're still in a very good position we're still top of the league you know we still have a very good chance of qualifying um, in our Champions League group so things aren't as bad as maybe some fans may paint them out to be but that doesn't that doesn't help the feeling that things just don't seem to be going right at the moment um Again, lots of changes from uh, Klopp going into this team. Nico Williams coming in at right back. Nat Phillips coming in at centre back. Minamino coming in. Salah coming back in after uh, missing the last Premier League game due to the COVID stuff. Um, and that kind of change of team and the, the number of changes we seem to be making every single game. Um, as I said, I understand why we need to make them. But I think one of the things that is really affecting is our uh, fluidity in play. Um, how we pass and transition from defense to attack um how we break down teams etc and i think that's you know this it's not a it's not a coincidence that you know the atalanta game uh this game as well we really struggled to make you know really proper chances um in this game you know other than the other than the chance that we scored from we pretty much didn't really have any other huge chances that you would say you know what, these were really, really big chances of Liverpool and they should have scored like we did, you know, maybe at the beginning of the season and like we did so many times last season. The first half really started out, I would say, uh, fairly passive from a Liverpool perspective. Um, kind of, we started off okay, but after that, we didn't really have too much of the ball. We weren't really forcing things forward. We were kind of playing quite deep. We were trying to start attacks from inside our own half, um, just looking to get Salah and um, Jota in behind, which wasn't really working. Um, and we were just kind of generally just struggling to get into the groove of the game. Um, whether that was kind of a bit of a whole early kickoff thing, you know, we've seen that for many seasons now, that the 12.30 kickoffs, they just they kind of seem to miss that kind of intensity and... Um, uh, they just kind of missed that little bit of something that we get from um, three o'clock games and also the kind of evening and Sunday games. And I don't know whether that's because it's early in the weekend or whatever, um, but obviously no fans in the stadium, so it shouldn't really make a difference, but I still think it did make a difference. Um, it was very much though in the first half, uh, Brighton as the half went on, who were um, putting on a bit more pressure to us, uh, trying to get the ball in behind Nat Phillips and, and Fabinho which Leicester didn't do very well last weekend. Um, and they were definitely very much looking like the um, the better team. Uh, and it actually was them who probably had, had the first proper, proper chance. Uh, and that was the penalty which they had. Nico Williams just committed to trying to win the ball back a little bit too high up rather than just dropping off. Uh, and that meant when the ball went in behind him, I think it was Connolly. Uh, Nico Williams chased back. And you could almost see what was going to happen in slow motion. Um, he was kind of, 
pacing it back to, to try and get back in position and put pressure on on the Brighton player. But he was just a little bit too eager, a little bit too keen in trying to get his foot across. Um, shielded well by the attacker, you know, like you would in that position. Um, and it was a penalty. I don't think there was any uh, debate about it. I don't think anyone can, any Liverpool fan can say that wasn't a penalty. I think that obviously the main improvement there is that it's just kind of in the maturity of Nico Williams's game um, to get back to one, not, you know, not press um, uh, when he doesn't think he has the best chance of getting the ball. That's something maybe we'd seen Trent drop back on. But, you know, sometimes there is the opportunity to press, um, win the ball back, and that sets us away on a counter-attack. So it's just about that balance. But then more importantly, I think for me, when you don't win it, you need to recover well. Um, he recovered, he had the pace to recover, but then he dived in. Um, I think it was he was in the right position. If he'd stayed there, he would have probably blocked the cross or any, any attempted cross or pass uh, from the Brighton player. Um, but it was just that rashness, uh, I guess, an immaturity in his game, uh, which led him to, you know, take out the take out the Brighton player and ultimately lead to a um, a penalty, which Neil Morpé took um, and flashed wide. It seems like we we seem to be lucking out at the moment in terms of people missing penalties against us. Uh, that's probably one of the very few things uh, that seem to be going for us this season. Neil Morpé putting it wide. Allison completely dived the other way as well. So um, that just shows, you know, the presence of a goalkeeper as well um, with the attacker feeling like he has to get it right in the corner to beat the uh, goalkeeper. So, you know, even though Allison didn't make the save, that's his pressure. Um, De Bruyne obviously missed a couple of weeks ago and now Neil Morpé missing as well. After that, after the penalty miss, uh, it seemed to kind of wake wake us up a little bit. Um, we made our first real chance, actually from a goal kick, which was a bit strange. Uh, it's not very often that we kind of make chances <laughs> playing that long, uh, but it was a great it was a great uh, goal kick out from Allison, uh, controlled by Bobby Firmino, um, with a nice ball over the top to Salah, who was able to kind of just bounce the ball into the ground over the goalkeeper um, uh, and to to make it one 0 But our favourite friend. Uh, or our favourite enemy, VAR, um, got involved and had a ju uh, judged Salah's, what, big toe to be offside. Um, and it's one of those things where you can see the line that, you can see the line they're drawing, so you can kind of accept the decision to go, all right, he was on the wrong, part of his body was on the wrong side of that line, so you can accept it. I think the, the bit that's obviously hard, hard pill to take is one, that is... Um, you know, it's not the first time that's happened to us this season, so I'm not annoyed at VAR, but it's just frustrating, as you can imagine. You know, any if you support any team, having your team have a goal robbed when it's literally by the minutiae of, um, uh, you know, like centimetre, not even a centimetre, probably less than that, um, is very frustrating. And I think the one thing I would say about this, though, is that with VAR, um, we're able to slow things down particularly when you look at penalty decisions, which we'll talk about a little later on, to the absolute, you know, frame by frame detail. So why are we not looking that, you know, in from in terms of a um, an offside position? So they're looking at the line, but if you look at where Firmino's, if you look at uh, where Firmino is, the ball's already left his foot, right? So when when does the when does the offside begin? Does it begin as soon as the kind of passing player touches the ball or when it leaves his foot you know all of those types of things are the thing that make the that make the difference and that those one or two frames either way can make the difference um and it seems like it, it's just okay we're going to take this one stance which is the best frame we can get um without being consistent across the piece which is um again just a very frustrating thing but you know what we can accept the decision there was a line there Salah had some part of his body over that line and hey 
Um, we move on, we move on. It was still 0-0 at that point, so we weren't 1-0 behind. Otherwise, it probably would have been even more frustrating. But the second half when we moved in was probably where more of the action happened. And I think a big part of that um, was because of the change Jurgen Klopp made at halftime to bring on John Henderson and move Milner out to right back like he was last weekend. Um, I think uh, in hindsight, I think that would have been a better decision to make. I know he put in Nico. Um, I think James Milner played at right back in the week as well. Um, but I think... Uh, it was it would have been the right thing to do. I think Nico struggled obviously with the penalty um, and just hasn't really got into the groove this season. Uh, but when Henderson came in um, and Milner moved to right back, we really started to gain control of the match. And he just showed once again, you know, guys. If any of you guys are under any illusions as to how important Jordan Henderson is to our team, this was a great example. Everything that we did positive was all in the second half. Um, and all kind of centered around uh, Jordan Henderson when he came on, the passes he played, the pass, the the play he broke up, etc., etc. And it just continues to show, um, you know, how how important he is as a captain um, to our team and and also as a midfielder. Uh, we were passing further up, we were passing higher up the pitch as well. You know, as I said in the first half, we were kind of trying to build attacks from our own half, whereas in the second half we were trying to build attacks from you know, about 30 yards, 40 yards out from Brighton's goal, much higher up the pitch, which is where we can cause problems. And that's pretty much where the goal came from. Um, it was a nice little bit of play between Andy Robertson um, and Mo Salah. Mo Salah laying the ball off really nicely into Diego Jota. He was able to just faint past a couple of players um, across the penalty box and then hit the ball across the goalkeeper into kind of the near post, really. Uh, the Brighton defender nearly keeps out Ben White. He did really, really well. Um, but it was a fantastic goal from Diego Jota. Um, again, continue to be absolutely impressed by everything he does. Um, and, you know, just his contribution to the team. Last week, he was asked to, he was asked to be Mo Salah. And he did it amazingly. We saw the goal he scored. This week, he's playing on the left, asked to be Sadio Mane. He came inside from the left-hand side, got the goal, exactly what we needed. He's been... So, so instrumental. That's I think that's nine goals for him this season already um, in all competitions. Again, always already showing how important he is to the team um, and his contribution that he can make and that he has been making. After that goal, though, you thought, I think I think the, the mentality in the Liverpool players was, I think this is a one-goal game um, where one goal is going to decide what we get. Uh, and I think we took our foot off the gas a little bit. Uh, we didn't kill the game off. We didn't continue to press, even though Mane came on um, to get that second goal and really, you know, put the game out of bed. We nearly did get the second goal um, from an Andy Robertson cross from a free kick, which Sadio Mane headed in. But that one was very clearly offside. No issues with that one. It just was offside. Um, one thing I would say that's strange, though, the linesmen don't ever seem to give offsides. They seem to just always rely on on the VAR. You know, the linesmen didn't even put a flag up or anything, um, which is, I know it's part of, part of the whole let's not put our flag up to keep the play going just in case it wasn't offside but what's what job are the linesmen doing if they're not going to be there giving the offsides what are they what are they there to do adjudicate which way a throw-in is which is 99% of the time very obvious very strange very strange and uh, the whole kind of VAR refereeing situation is is something that I'm sure we'll talk about across every single episode pretty much it seems to be the way that's going this season um so I'm, I'm sure we'll continue to talk about that but as you can imagine, though, being 1-0 down, Brighton were putting on the pressure uh, and they did eventually get the penalty in the final minutes of the game. Danny Welbeck uh, with Andy Robertson. Uh, it was one of those things where, um, as, they, as, as we saw in real time, the referee didn't give it. There was no appeals from the Brighton players. There was no kind of get lost from the Liverpool players. Everyone was just kind of cracking on. But then VAR decided to 
Um, and I'll use this term because I, I kind of heard it on the uh, BT Sport coverage afterwards, which was re-referee. The referee had looked at it, made a decision that it wasn't a penalty. And they decided to re-referee it. They decided to re-look at it in slow motion without the context of the game or what was happening. They didn't look at how Danny Welbeck seemed to have taken four steps afterwards, then deciding to fall down, which probably means that the contact was so minimal um, that it actually didn't make any impact on him anyway. Um, but hey-ho, once the referee goes over to that monitor, everyone knows what's going to happen. Um, it's going to be a penalty. Um, and yeah, Pascal Gross this time made no mistake, just smashing it down the middle. Uh, probably what Neil Mopay should have done in the first place anyway. It seems to be the best way to go with penalties these days. Um, but uh, yeah, that was a very frustrating um, draw. I think in hindsight, we should have maybe played a stronger team to start with. But then also once we got the first goal to not sit back as much as we did uh, and be as passive as we were um, and to focus on actually continuing to play like we were still nil-nil and trying to get that second goal to really kill them off so that we don't get, you know, screwed by a penalty decision or by some kind of crazy refereeing thing which seems to be happening to us every single game. And I'm going to cut, touch on now onto my player of the match. Now, you know, maybe you think it'll be Diego Jota. He had a fantastic game again. Obviously, he got the goal. But for me, as someone who maybe had a bit of a um, kind of an underrated game, but I thought a very solid game at whole, and that was Nat Phillips. Um, he hasn't had the consistency of playing in the back now that we've got Matip back as well, who'll probably be playing even less often. But he was really, really solid again. We saw when he came in against West Ham when he needed to do a job, he was really, really good. And he was exactly the same today. I think he commanded the back really, really well. Um, Fabinho's up there and tall and can win the headers as well. But, you know, we needed that player who can really dominate, particularly from corners, uh, to clear the ball. And I think he was really up there every time the ball went long. Nat Phillips was the one who was getting his um, head on the ball. So he was he was fantastic. Uh, and then finally, guys, the shout out to Klopp. And I think for me, it's just around the rotation piece. Um, I think... Obviously now, hopefully we get through the Champions League um, by beating Ajax and we get through. But I think after this, just consistency is going to be the most important thing. Uh, and just keeping the same group of players together. Um, that's what I think the shout out to Klopp should be and try and keep the team as consistent as possible. But anyways, thank you guys for listening to this episode of Let's Talk Liverpool. And I'll catch you guys on the next one.